Tonight we wrap up our uh, chapter one in Philippians as we have been looking at this idea of being joyful, um, that living our life uh, within the sense of joy, that no matter what happens, no matter what we go through, uh, that we live uh, with an awareness of the joy of the Lord. Uh, it does not mean that uh, we don't struggle with things, but yet in the midst of that struggle, there is a joy knowing that, that God is at work and we are at rest in that. And um, so uh, we're going to pick up uh, tonight in the last couple of verses. So we're going to go back a little bit where we started last week. And so let's read in Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 27. And we're going to read to the end of the chapter. So it says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel and not frightened in anything by your opponents. For this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but to you of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw that I had, and now hear that I am still having. Tonight, uh, the message of hope and joy that we receive is not always one that we want to hear. But Paul starts in verse 29 with this word. It says, for it has been granted to you. In other words, he's saying, God has given you a gift. And this is what he rejoices in. He's saying, I rejoice in this gift that God has given us. What is this gift uh, that Paul rejoices in, that Paul calls us to rejoice in? He says the gift that God has given us is not that we should just believe, but that we should have the privilege, privilege to suffer with Christ, to suffer along with Paul, to suffer along with all the Christians, in fact, it says everything that we go through is no different from, from people all over the world uh, that suffer through uh, the different forms of trials. Um, we all have different ways uh, of suffering, but yet in this world, uh, none of the different ways are unique. There's always someone that has gone through the same thing that we have gone through. And it says that God gives us this gift of suffering. Um, why is suffering a gift? I mean, in fact, we like, well, God, I wish you could just keep that gift. I'd like to do without suffering. And suffering can come in, in physical forms. Suffering can come in emotional forms. It can come in mental forms. Uh, suffering can come in financial uh, ways. Uh, suffering can come in uh, relationships. There are all different kinds of suffering. Suffering can come in persecutions from other people. But no matter what way we suffer, it is a gift of God. And this is the key that, that as we begin to see the things that we go through in that light, it gives us the ability to
to find joy in the midst of it. And, and there's a couple reasons. And so we're going to look at how, how can we look at suffering um, so that we live a life of joy. Uh, I'm going to give you three different um, reasons that we can rejoice in suffering and that we can make take advantage of it. Um, uh, in fact, it, it's been said uh, by, by writers and I've heard missionaries write it that, that I never want um, to leave an act of suffering without taking advantage of it. In other words, whenever we go through a hard time, we need to say, okay, this is, this is something God has given me to accomplish something. What can I do to take advantage of this suffering? Because there's something that God is going to do good out of it. Suffering always brings good. Now, here's the, the, the thing. The gift of suffering is not because God focuses suffering itself as good. In fact, suffering breaks the heart of God. But here is why it's a gift. It is how we respond to it that creates the blessing that comes from it. So the gift that God gives us is the ability to use the suffering as a stepping stone to something better. Um, now, suffering itself can also be a stumbling stone that tears us down. Um, the suffering itself is not what makes a difference. What makes a difference is how we respond to it and how we live with it. And that is what God urges us to begin to uh, embrace um, our response to the suffering. Um, because the same suffering uh, that... Uh, that causes someone else to be destroyed, to become bitter, to become hateful, uh, to become miserable in life, is also the same suffering that, if we will allow it, can purify us and make us precious uh, like gold coming out better than before. Um, and the difference is our choice of responding to it. Um, it is a gift... Because here's the thing, if we never had suffering, if we never went through a hard time, we would miss out on all of the life-giving blessings that God has. Why is that? Because we live in a world and we were born into a life that is already broken by sin. And the the characteristic of the sin that we are broken by is a focus on ourself. Um, and the very source of sin from the very beginning um, uh, that Satan pulled Adam and Eve away was this idea that you can be happy without God. Okay, that is the very source of sin. It's not always uh, doing something terrible to someone else. The very source of sin is just relying on ourselves, feeling that we don't need God. Now that will always lead to tons of other wicked things, and that leads to uh, uh, all the evil things that we experience. But even in a good person's life, um, the reason we say that, that a good person uh, can spend eternity in hell 
is not because of what they did, but because they simply refused to do it with God. And when we are separated from God, when we, when we do not choose God, then we will be separated from the plan of God to remake this world, to, to fix everything. And therefore, we are left out of that because we had the choice and we chose not to. So God knows that it is easy for us to get sucked into this, this just easy life of living for ourselves. We will always, like water, we will just find the easiest path and, and just enjoy life. And when we just enjoy life our own, we will never turn to God. And so the gift that God gives us is that in suffering, it reminds us that this life is not our goal. Suffering is a gift that, that wakes us up and lets us know that we are on a boat heading for a waterfall. It is a gift that wakes us up before it is too late. It's, it's that fire uh, alarm, that smoke alarm in the middle of the night that wakes us up when the house is on fire. It is a gift. And suffering is that gift that keeps us focused on God. In fact, Paul puts it this way. It says that we suffered so much and it was for this reason that it caused us to rely on God. And so it is a gift. I would, you know, it is thank God that he cares enough about us not to just let us go our own way. Um, you know, he doesn't care just about our pleasure if our pleasure is going to end up in losing our soul. What kind of God would that be if he says, oh, I just want them to be happy. But if that happiness means that we, in our own sinful nature, uh, we will always choose to go our own way rather than seeking God. That is just our nature. And so it is a loving God who gives us suffering to show us that we need him. And it reminds us to trust in him. Um, and it, it, it focuses on the hope, and this is the this is the ironic thing that he uses suffering to open our eyes to the promise of blessing because God's desire is not that we suffer, but he uses the suffering to show us his great promise to us that he is going to fix everything where we will not suffer ever again. Now, the world doesn't understand that, but that's because they are deceived by their own pleasure of living by themselves, by the lie that we can live without God or that we can just give God little lip service and, and uh, a belief in our head, but we don't ever have to really follow him. So it is the gift of God that suffering can bring joy. And so when we begin to suffer, when you say, thank God you're reminding me, even though it's painful. Now, here's the thing. As Christians, and, and, and even, even non-Christians, you're going to suffer. The question is, are you going to let it turn your eyes to God? Or are you going to let it turn your eyes inward into self-pity and, and, and complaint and woe is me? You see, we may live a life that is painful, but we don't have, a live, we don't have to live a life that is miserable. So let me, let me give you three focuses. First thing, God gives us suffering because here's, here's one of the great things that the gift of suffering does. Not only does it wake us up, but it strengthens us and it purifies us. 
God uses suffering to make us better. He is a loving God that, that, that makes us better through suffering. And, and whatever kind it is, and to whatever level, there's, there's very serious suffering and there's, there is small annoyances. But yet, whether it's the small annoyances or whether it is a major uh, 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 tragedy in your life, both of those God will use uh, to strengthen you, to polish you. Sometimes he's just polishing and sometimes he is majorly pruning. Uh, but either way, he strengthens us. Let's look in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. This is a promise. He says, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. You see, God says everything that happens to us, all the suffering, God is using it to work out for our good. It may not be happy in the beginning, but it will work out for our good if we love God and we trust his purposes. And we say, God, I want your purpose in your life. And it will work out for our good. We have a God who is working for our good. And he's not afraid to put us through suffering. James Chapter 1, uh, verse 2 says this. Count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And if you will let steadfastness have its full effect, you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, God says, if you will just let the suffering work on you, if you will begin, it doesn't mean that you have to be happy about it, but you let it have its work by seeking God in the middle of the suffering, keeping your eyes on God, praying, spending time in prayer, saying, God, what are you doing in my life? Let this have its work on my life. And if you begin to do that, God says he is making you perfect to where you will lack nothing. That is a, a beautiful thing that we can take joy in. See, we are we are like that athlete that our coach is putting us through some painful training, but that training is going to make us champions. But we have to accept it. You see, it's the athlete that says, okay, coach, I'm doing whatever you says, and they work at it hard, and they, they, they accept the suffering. In fact, they embrace it to let it have its work in their life. In fact, we move down to verse 12. It says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. In other words, you don't start complaining and getting so down. You understand that life is going to be hard at times and you accept that and you remain steadfast. And it says, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Life is going to be hard, but God is good and he's doing something in you. He is making you better. He is preparing you for the crown of life. Romans 5 verse 3 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, but God's love is being poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, when we suffer, we need to say, God is loving me right now, and it's hard, God. But it is producing perseverance, and that perseverance is producing endurance, and that endurance is producing character. You see, if we don't let it get us down, 
We don't get bitter at it, but we understand. We may not know why. We don't know what the purpose is. You know, there's some exercises that, that the trainer tells you to do, and you're like, what is this doing? You know, how does, uh, how does strengthening, you know, my, my glutes help me be a better, you know, runner or, or, you know, whatever it is. And yet we don't have an understanding of how all the muscles work together, but the trainer knows exactly what he's doing. So we may not understand why we have to go through different things in our life, but if you will stay steadfast, it is producing character. It's producing hope. It is producing all of these things that allows us to receive the love of God through the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 16 says this, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. See, it may feel like your life is being torn apart. It may feel like all your dreams are gone. It may feel like, like you're going through loneliness and sorrow and, and life doesn't have meaning anymore. But Paul says you need to understand that this is only momentary. It is only temporary. And if you will begin to let God touch your inner heart, that means even while the outward Life is painful. If you begin to seek God in your heart, spend time in prayer, spend time in the word. And, it, and even though I might be in physical pain, I can experience a spiritual peace and joy. Your inner being is what we need to begin to let God uh, bring into a place of satisfaction and fulfillment. And it says then this momentary affliction is, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory that is beyond all comparison. See, you don't even um, can't even imagine how much joy and, and a life that God has planned for you if you'll just get through this life in this world because this is not the end. In Hebrews chapter 12, we won't read it all, but it even says that God is like a father who disciplines us and discipline is never fun. In fact, sometimes discipline, and it's usually because of what we've done, but thank God, God does not let us get away with our, our own shortcomings. But he will step in and discipline us. We need someone to step in and say, no, you can't do that. And we might say, I don't understand that because kids don't understand. Why can't I do that? Why can't I spend time with my friends? And why can't I do that? But when God steps in and says, no, it is only because he knows exactly what is best. And we've got to begin to trust a father who has plans for us that are greater than what we can ever imagine. And so that discipline, it says that we even have earthly fathers that dip, discipline us so that we might be better people on this earth. How much better a godly father who sees our, our life in an eternal spectrum is he not going to discipline us for an even greater purpose? And so we need to accept that. So this is the first thing. When we suffer, we need to embrace it in what it can do for us. How can it make me better? Is it making me become more patient? Is it making me, maybe it's making me trust in God more. Maybe it's, maybe the financial problems I'm going through is trying to teach me to stop living for myself. 
that I need to become more generous. I need to stop uh, living high on the hog and lower my quality of life. Maybe I don't have as much stuff, but maybe I'm not meant to have it and I'm only ruining myself by doing all the things that I do. All the things I want to spend my money on, maybe those are the very things that are pulling me away from God. And is having the greatest experience in life worth being separated from God for eternity? So thank God maybe he brings us to that place that he's trying to teach us to suffer a little bit so that we might gain a whole lot more. Well, here's the second thing. Not only does it improve us, but suffering many times is for others. It gives us the ability to reach and connect to others. Sometimes it is suffering itself that opens the door uh, for us to make a difference in other people's life. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. This is what Paul tells them. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in other areas of affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in his comfort. And if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is also for your comfort, which we experience when we patiently endure the same sufferings uh, that you suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. You see, sufferings are what bind us together as a human race. And if many times the things that we suffer through are the very things that give us the ability to love others, to understand others, to feel for others. And I'm going to tell you, this is the main thing that God wants. You see, God has a life without suffering that is planned for us. But right now, he wants us to be able to bring others into that life. And sometimes the best way to be able to connect to them is through our sufferings. Because many times it's as we go through our sufferings that we come into contact with other people that are suffering. Many times it's only in our sufferings that people are willing to listen to us, that it brings them into that place that we are able to comfort them. Or even that we will have a place of influence in their life. Because we can understand, we've been where they've been. Because how many know that Sometimes there's people that are going through things that they don't want to hear from other people that nothing's wrong with them. You know what? I don't want you to, who are you to talk into life? You don't understand what I'm going through. And yet someone that's down in the dirt with me, that's suffering, that comes alongside me and says, we are in the midst of this together. He can put his arm around me and I will lean on him because he knows where I'm at. And so sometimes when you're in the middle of suffering, maybe you need to look around you and say, God, why have you brought me to this place? Because there's someone else that I need to connect to, to touch, and to let them know that there is comfort in God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 says this, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, that is the church, of which I have become a minister according to the stewardship of God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. 
Paul says, I am suffering so that I can make the word of God known to you. And he says this, he uses this phrase, and maybe you've always wondered what it means. He says, I am suffering so that I will fill up what is lacking in Christ's suffering. You might say, so we have to suffer to do what Christ didn't finish? I thought Christ finished. Here's what he said. Christ finished it all. Christ suffered, and his suffering completed everything. So what does Paul mean by I am finishing up? I am filling what is lacking from the suffering of Christ. That phrase, that my suffering fills what is lacking uh, from Christ's suffering, he is using this to say that, that I am, by me suffering, I am connecting Christ's suffering to your suffering. Because the only thing that is lacking, it is not what Christ did. He did everything. And in fact, it is not, nothing that I do can make any difference. It is all what Christ has done for us. That in his suffering, we have found complete uh, victory. But here's the thing. By me suffering, I can connect you to that victory. This is what Paul is saying. That in, as we suffer, we can connect others to the very life-giving victory that Christ did when he suffered. Here's another, and this will show it. If you go in the next chapter of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, Paul uh, talks about Epaphroditus, that the, the church in Philippi had sent Epaphroditus uh, with, with many gifts, um, uh, with a, a cloak for Paul, with food for Paul. Uh, they met his needs, and Paul said, thank God you met my needs because I needed this. But in chapter 2, uh, verse 29, uh, he tells them, I'm sending Epaphroditus back to you, and I've loved him so much, but I know you heard that he suffered a lot to come to me. And in fact, when he got to me, he became sick, and he almost died from his illness. And in verse 29, this is what he says, So receive him in the Lord with all joy. And honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ. Now listen to this. Risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. You see, he used that same phrase, that he almost died completing what was lacking in your service to me. Now, they had paid for everything. They had got it all together. They had provided everything that Paul needed. But you see, he completed it by bringing it to them and, and suffering so that Paul could have it. Guys, when we are suffering, God has given you the greatest privilege. Not that you provide the salvation to others because you don't. Epaphroditus, he didn't buy all the things that he gave Paul. He didn't provide them, but he connected them to it. And when you suffer, in some way, God is bringing someone in your life that you can connect to the love of God, to the suffering that Christ has already suffered for us, that we might have victory, that we might know the love of God. And so that in our suffering, we need to pray, God, show me how I can complete what is lacking in the suffering of Christ. In other words, show me someone that I can connect to you. That even though it's through my suffering, I am willing to suffer that someone else might be connected to Christ. What a great joy. And I can rejoice in that. If it means I lose my job and I suffer and someone else is, it comes to know God deeper, 
then it's worth it. Maybe it's in my physical uh, being. Whatever it is, I rejoice in that. And so suffering connects others to God. Last one, and we close with this. Many times we suffer simply to bring glory to God. Sometimes it's not about us and it's not about others. Sometimes our suffering is simply about the glory of God. I love this story. Uh, when Jesus uh, came uh, to this city, um, they brought a man to him. And it says in John chapter 9, verse 3, it says, The disciples came and asked him, Rabbi, who has sinned, this man or his parents, because he was born blind? You see, they, they had an idea that if you're suffering, it's either your fault or it's someone else's fault. But you have to be suffering for a reason. And here's what Jesus said. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but so that the work of God may be displayed in him. Jesus says he has suffered all of his life for this moment so people can simply see the glory of God. And Jesus healed him. And God was revealed through the suffering. Many times you may never even know it, but in your life as you, now it's not the suffering itself. Remember, it's how you respond. When you respond to suffering with joy, with a smile on your face, with kindness, you do not let those bad moods turn you into a jerk. And people are like, man, yeah, I know you're in a bad mood, but you don't have to bite my head off. You know what? That suffering does not bring glory to God. But in the midst of anxiety and fear and whatever suffering you go through, when you simply trust God, and you persevere with the joy of God in your heart, I'm telling you, you don't even maybe realize it, but you are shining the glory of God to someone. Um, uh, you see, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6, says this, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to the result of praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ you see as you show faith in God through your suffering it shines glory and praise and honor to Jesus now whether other people acknowledge it or not it honors God when we suffer well, it honors God. Now, here's the thing. It may not honor God in people around you that may not recognize it, but remember, people that you are living with, that you are working with, are not the only people that see you. We have the great example in Job. In Job, uh, that God was in heaven, and it says that Satan, who had access to heaven, along with all the angels and all the spirits, they were sitting around the throne, and, and God said to Satan, have you seen my servant Job, how he loves me, how he is faithful to me? And Satan said, oh yeah, but that's only because you're so good to him that you give him everything. And God said, really, you can do whatever you want to him. You just can't touch his body. And he went down and, and he went through trials and we know that Job responded the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And you know what? 
there was rejoicing in heaven, not because of what Job did, but because God received the glory. See, Job gave God the glory. And again, Satan came back up again and said, yeah, but you haven't hurt him in his body. And of course, God said, okay, you can touch his body, but you cannot kill him. And again, even when his wife told Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Job said, shall we accept good things from him, but then not accept bad things? And it shone to the glory of God. Now, who did it show to the glory of God? His friends didn't recognize it. His friends came and, and just blamed Job. You must have been bad. But here's who, you know who recognized it? The angels in heaven glorified God. Satan himself could no longer argue against God. Job didn't get the glory. God gave the glory. Sometimes your life may not make a bit of difference to someone around you, but the angels in heaven, the spirits around you, are glorifying God because when they see the power of God at work in you, it says the angels in heaven rejoice and worship God. You see, our suffering can bring glory to God here on earth, but not only here, but in the heavenlies. And so when we suffer well, we shine for the goodness of God. So, when we suffer, if we will re remember, first of all, God is waking us up to look to him, to trust in him. Secondly, God is doing something specifically in us. He's making us better. Let's let the suffering have its way. Uh, if we just get upset, then we're going to have to do it again. So we might as well embrace the suffering and let it work on us. Maybe it's working on our attitude or maybe it's working on our habits or our behaviors or whatever it is. Sometimes suffering is connecting us with others. Let's let our suffering be a connection that we can bring the glory of God to others. Maybe sometimes as we suffer, it is just simply reflecting the goodness of God of what he is doing in our life. But no matter what the reason for our suffering is, what do we do? How should we act? I want to encourage you, Hebrews chapter 12. It says this. So if we're going to suffer for all these reasons, what do we do? Hebrews 12, verse 12 says this. Therefore, in other words, therefore, because we're going to suffer, because we're going to be disciplined by God, therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. In other words, if you're going to suffer, stop hanging your head. Stop walking around moping about what's going on and I'm suffering, but God's going to work with me. No, he says, therefore, if you're going to suffer and if God's working, lift up your hands, strengthen your knees. I know you're going through a hard time, but make your path straight. Walk, at, walk for God, because here's the thing. Your suffering does not have to break you. In other words, it doesn't have to put you out of joint. It says, rather, if you will suffer well, it will take you into healing. Suffering will lead to healing. So let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our heads. Stop moping around and let's let God shine through us. I know it's painful, but you don't have to be miserable. Let's be joyful in what God is doing. First Peter 
4, 19 says this, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. You know what we do when we're suffering? You need to trust God, and then you need to do good. I'm suffering. I'm not going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on others. What can I do for someone else? I'm going to do good. That's how we should respond to suffering. Trust God and do what's good. And then finally, James chapter 1, we read this earlier. says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. We need to be joyful. All this that we've been talking about, we need to be joyful in the midst of suffering. I know it's hard, but stop living in a pity party. Stop looking for other people to complain about and to join in with you. But let's count it joy because God's at work. God's doing some good. It was granted to us to suffer. It was a gift to suffer. And here's our hope. Revelations 21. John heard this. He said, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is now with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore for the former things have passed away. We may be suffering now, but people, there's coming a day when it's all going to be over and it's going to be worth it. Let's run the race to the finish. Let's fight the fight till the end because there's coming a day when he's going to wipe it all away. Let's not give up before we get there. And there will be no more mourning. There will be no more sorrow. And there will be joy forevermore. So don't give in. But let's take the gift of suffering and live joyful. Let's pray together.